The new Cold War that the United States is waging on China escalates more and more by the week. There are several ways in which Washington is waging this new Cold War. First and foremost is the economic war, which is also related to a technological war. The U.S. has imposed several rounds of sanctions on China. They started with the Donald Trump administration, and the Joe Biden administration has only continued imposing more sanctions. Recently, the U.S. imposed sanctions banning China from importing Western uh, chip technology and semiconductors and quantum computing parts. And this is aimed at trying to sabotage China's tech sector. And of course, there are sanctions on Huawei and, and other Chinese tech companies. But another significant part of this new Cold War is the information war. And that's where we see constantly, day in, day out, information warfare waged by the U.S. against China, using the media to spread ridiculous claims. I don't even need to go through them. We've all heard them. The ridiculous narratives and propaganda and, and fake stories that the U.S. has been spreading to try to demonize China on the international stage. Well, Beijing is punching back. For a while, it was simply going, uh, just enduring these constant attacks by the U.S. And this February, the Chinese government published a report that details many of the crimes committed by the U.S. empire around the world. It is devastating. And I just want to go through some of the main points of this report. I will link to it in the description below so anyone can check it out for themselves. The document is called U.S. Hegemony and Its Perils. This is one of the most thorough critiques of U.S. imperialism I've seen in a long time. China condemns the war crimes committed by the United States, pointing out that millions of refugees have been, tens of millions of refugees have been created by the U.S. wars since 2001. Hundreds of thousands of civilians have been killed in a conservative estimate. Millions of civilians have been wounded. It points out that the U.S. has committed ethnic cleansing and genocide against native peoples, that the U.S. has 800 foreign military bases, that the U.S. has carried out 400 foreign military interventions, that the U.S. has organized coups around the world and regime change operations and so-called color revolutions. It's all in here. It is a devastating report. And it was released on February 20th. Now, one of the reasons I also want to go through this is that if you saw it when this was mentioned in Western media, they portrayed this as propaganda. But the reality is that what China, the Chinese foreign ministry in this report is saying, these are facts. And of course, the West might not like that China is saying these facts, but these are facts. And around the world, outside of the West, outside the little bubble of the West, everyone knows that the U.S. has committed and continues to commit these crimes. So maybe it's seen as controversial in the global north, but in the global south, Everyone's saying, yeah, we, we, we've, been, we've been repeating this for a long time. We know what the U.S. has been doing around the world. So the way this report from the Chinese foreign ministry is organized is it's all about U.S. hegemony, and it's divided into five parts. Political hegemony, military hegemony, economic hegemony, technological hegemony, and cultural hegemony. And essentially, this is China spelling out how the U.S. empire wages hybrid war around the world using different tools in its imperial toolbox. 
So it begins pointing out with a very brief history of the modern U.S. empire that since the end of World War II, the, and especially after the end of the first Cold War, quote, the United States has acted more boldly to interfere in the internal affairs of other countries, pursue, maintain, and abuse hegemony, advance subversion and infiltration, and willfully wage wars, bringing harm to the international community. Now, I guess I should point out for people who don't know what hegemony is, hegemony is dominance. And especially in the political context, it is a state using its political and economic power to impose its will on the world, its dominance. And it's imperialism is what China is describing. And they continue saying, the United States has developed a hegemonic playbook to stage color revolutions, which are regime change operations. We'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. Instigate regional disputes and even directly launch wars under the guise of promoting democracy, freedom, and human rights. Clinging to the Cold War mentality, the United States has ramped up block politics and stoked conflict and confrontation. It has overstretched the concept of national security, abused export controls, and forced unilateral sanctions upon others. It has taken a selective approach to international law and rules, utilizing or discarding them as it sees fit, and has sought to impose rules that serve its own interests in the name of upholding a, quote, rules-based international order. Of course, one in which the U.S. makes the rules and orders everyone around. So the Chinese Foreign Ministry, which published this report, says that it, its goal is to draw greater international attention to the perils of the U.S. practices to world peace and stability and the well-being of all people. So just at the beginning, going all out and saying that the U.S. is hurting the entire world, it's preventing peace, it's in, the U.S. is interfering constantly in the affairs of foreign countries, all things that, again, are facts. This is not Chinese propaganda. These are facts. So let's briefly summarize here the first part, which is about political hegemony. And it notes that the U.S. has interfered in the internal affairs of countless countries around the world and done so in the name of so-called promoting democracy, right? So it talks about Latin America, the so-called Monroe Doctrine this year, 2023 is the 200th anniversary. This is essentially a colonial doctrine in which the U.S. claims that Latin America is its imperial backyard, in scare quotes. China says that the U.S. organized color revolutions, which are regime change operations in which groups, NGOs, media outlets, organizations, leaders funded by the United States through cutouts, CIA cutouts, like the National Endowment for Democracy, the NED, and the and USAID, the US Agency for International Development, they spend millions of dollars funding these regime change groups to try to overthrow independent foreign governments. Now, as an example of a color revolution in this report, China points to Ukraine in 2004, when the democratically elected president, Viktor Yanukovych, was forced out and they had a new election and he was replaced because Viktor Yanukovych had been geopolitically neutral. And by the way, he was also overthrown in a violent U.S.-backed coup in 2014, a decade later. So, I mean, the U.S. has done this repeatedly. But, you know, people might say this is Chinese propaganda, right? That the U.S. 
overthrew Ukraine's government in 2004, not just 2014, but this was blatantly admitted by The Guardian, the major mainstream British newspaper. They published an article in 2004 just admitting the entire playbook for color revolutions, for U.S. regime change opera operations. It's called U.S. Campaign Behind the Turmoil in Kiev. And it spells everything out so clearly. Again, this I'm reading from The Guardian. But while the gains of the so-called chestnut revolution, which is also known as the orange revolution, are Ukraine's, the campaign is an American creation, a sophisticated and brilliantly conceived exercise in Western branding and mass marketing that in four countries in four years has been used to try to solve supposedly rigged elections and topple unsavory regimes. So they're admitting that the U.S. is carrying out these regime change operations. It's an American creation. And here they, sp they spell out how it's done. Funded and organized by the U.S. government, deploying U.S. consultancies, pollsters, diplomats, two big American parties, and U.S. NGOs, the campaign was first used in Belgrade to beat Milosevic, that is, in Serbia, to overthrow Milosevic. And then this, this is after the NATO wars that destroyed Yugoslavia. The U.S. ambassador in Belgrade, in Serbia, Richard Miles, played a key role. And last year, as in he also the U.S. ambassador in Georgia repeated the trick to overthrow Georgia's government and install a pro-Western regime. And they noted that then they tried to repeat it in Belarus. The U.S. ambassador in Belarus was a veteran of similar CIA operations in Central America with the Contras. So they're just admitting openly these are U.S.-backed coups, but they're in the name of so-called democracy. They're color revolutions, but they're coups. And they, they note Nicaragua in particular. So that they're referring to the CIA Contra terror war and then installing the far-right oligarchy of the multimillionaire oligarch family of the Chamorros. So this is exactly what they did to steal the election from the Sandinistas in Nicaragua, and they did it in in, in first in Yugoslavia, and then they destroyed Yugoslavia, then in, then in Serbia, and then in Georgia, and then they tried to do it in Belarus against Lukashenko, and they failed, and then they did it successfully in 2004 in Ukraine, and the Guardian boasted about it. And then they, they refer to this as engineering democracy. I don't know how you can call it democracy if the U.S. can engineer your democracy. That's not engineering that's, that's, that's sorry, that is engineering. It's not democracy. That's foreign meddling. That's imperialism. And they note that the U.S. methods, quote, have matured into a template for winning other people's elections. So they're not real democratic elections if the people of these countries are not deciding who their leaders are. It's the U.S. deciding who their leaders, leaders are going to be. Again, this is I'm, right now I'm not reading from Chinese the Chinese foreign ministry, I'm reading from the Guardian newspaper, the mouthpiece of the British elite. And they name some of the organizations involved in these US-backed color revolutions, these regime change operations. They name the Democratic Party's National Democratic Institute, the Republican Party's International Republican Institute, the US State Department and USAID are the main agencies in these so-called grassroots campaigns, that is, that is color revolutions, also Freedom House, which is funded by the U.S. government, and they name 
billionaire George Soros and his Open Society Foundations. You're not allowed to mention him, but he's a longtime CIA asset who has been involved in these color revolutions and regime change operations, going back to the former Soviet Union when he was collaborating with U.S. intelligence in, in, in trying to overthrow all the former Soviet republics and the socialist governments in the, in the, in the Eastern Bloc and the Warsaw Pact. And they, the Guardian discloses that the U.S. government officially spent $41 million, and that, this is not adjusted for inflation, right? This is back in 2004. Organizing and funding a year-long operation to get rid of Milosevic in 1999. In Ukraine, they spent around $14 million back in 2004 to get rid of Viktor Yanukovych. And then in 2014, a decade later, the U.S. backed another coup, a violent coup, led by far-right extremists to overthrow the elected president, Viktor Yanukovych, once again, and to install a pro-Western regime, which set off this war in Ukraine and all of the problems that we're seeing today. So when China in this re report is talking about color revolutions, I mean, this is an objective fact that the U.S. does this. They say that it began in 2003 in Georgia, then Ukraine, and then Kyrgyzstan. This U.S. State, the US State Department admitted playing a central role in these regime changes. They also mention, you know, the blockade of Cuba, this illegal U.S. blockade that goes back over 60 years that has crushed the people of Cuba. Every single year at the U.N. General Assembly, almost every country on earth votes against it, and the U.S. continues to impose it because the U.S. is a rogue regime that violates international law every day. And they also, China points out that the U.S., the CIA, overthrew Chile's democratically elected socialist president, Salvador Allende, in 1973. So they refer to this as, in, this is imperialism, this is colonialism, it's the Monroe Doctrine. And they say that when the United States says America for the Americans, what they really mean is America for the United States. And that's exactly right. As a more recent example, they talk about the U.S. regime change operation in Venezuela to overthrow Venezuela's democratically elected president of Nicolas Maduro and how CIA director turned Secretary of State Mike Pompeo admitted this in his book. China writes, quote, the U.S. exercises double standards on international rules, placing its self-interest first. The United States has walked away from international treaties and organizations and put its domestic law above international law. And they talk about the Trump administration's attacks on the United Nations, defunding the United Nations, the U.S. leaving UNESCO, leaving the Paris Agreement on climate change. And they also point out that the U.S. left the U.N. Human Rights Council under Trump, claiming that supposedly it was biased against apartheid Israel. The U.S. also under Trump, again, this is all under Trump, with, the U.S. withdrew from two different arms treaties with Russia, which is leading to a dangerous situation today. Trump withdrew from the INF Treaty, the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which, which allowed, which gives Ukraine the possibility to put nuclear weapons inside Ukraine right near Russia's border, which is another significant factor in this war we're seeing today. And the Trump administration withdrew from the Open Skies Treaty. So another attack on Russia, basically. So they constantly talk about the U.S., sabotaging all these agreements, pushing for war. And China says that the U.S. arbitrarily passes judgment on democracy in other countries and fabricates a false narrative 
of, quote, democracy versus authoritarianism to incite estrangement, division, rivalry, and confrontation. So that's China denouncing the political hegemony and the tactics that the U.S. uses, uses to intervene in foreign countries and overthrow their governments. Then they talk about the military hegemony. I mean, this is the most blatant of all. Everyone knows about it. And I'm just going to read it because it's so devastating what China points out here. The history of the United States is characterized by violence and expansion. Since it gained independence in 1776, the United States has constantly sought expansion by force. It slaughtered Indians, that is Native Americans, indigenous peoples, invaded Canada, waged a war against Mexico, instigated, instigated the American-Spanish War, and annexed Hawaii. After World War II, the wars either provoked or launched by the United States included the Korean War, Vietnam War, Gulf War, Kosovo War, War in Afghanistan, Iraq War, Libyan War, and Syrian War, abusing its military hegemony to pave way for expansionist objectives. In recent years, the U.S. average annual military budget has exceeded 700 billion U.S. dollars, accounting for 40% of the world's total. So the U.S. has 5% of the global, 4% of the global population, and yet 40% of the world's, 40% uh, uh, of the, mil its budget represents 40% of the world's total military spending. I mean, it, ridiculous. It's just out of control. They point out that U.S. military spending is more than the 15 biggest countries behind it combined. The United States has about 800 overseas military bases with 173,000 troops deployed in 159 countries. So again, just devastating going through just these facts that are objective. They are not, this is not Chinese propaganda. These are objective facts. They note, as former U.S. President Jimmy Carter put it, the United States is undoubtedly the most warlike nation in the history of the world. And China quotes an, a, a report from a U.S. university, Tufts, that found that from 1776 until 2019, the U.S. took uh, oversaw around 400 foreign military interventions in all regions of the world. And they point out that since 2001, the wars launched by the United States in the name of so-called fighting terrorism have killed at least 900,000 people. I'll come back to that in a second because that's a very conservative estimate. And they've also led to millions of injuries and displaced tens of millions of people, creating 37 million refugees. Now, the reality is that the U.S. has killed millions of people in it, the wars it launched since 9-11. And I mean, even if you go back to a report that was published in 2015, by the Nobel Prize winning organization, International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War. They published a report back in 2015, and it found that, that in 12 years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan, the US killed 1.2 million people. And that doesn't include the hundreds of thousands more killed since then. Again, this is from 2015, eight years ago. Again, this is, this is from a Nobel Prize winning organization. And they say in their report that they concluded that the U.S. war in Iraq killed around 1 million people. The U.S. war in Afghanistan killed around 220,000 people. And in Pakistan, 80,000 people. It doesn't include Yemen and other regions. And they say this is a conservative estimate 
The total number could be in excess of 2 million. And again, this is a report from 2015. It doesn't mention the many more deaths since then. So when China says that US wars since 9-11 have killed 900,000 people, that's a conservative estimate. You can't just say it's Chinese propaganda. It's a conservative estimate. And China writes that, the, quote, the United States does whatever it takes to rob and enslave the people of any country with underground resources. So very powerful. The U.S. empire robs and enslaves people to take their natural resources. China also condemns the war crimes committed by Washington in Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Kosovo, that is former Yugoslavia, Afghanistan and Iraq. The U.S. used massive quantities of chemical and biological weapons, as well as cluster bombs, fuel air bombs, graphite bombs, and depleted uranium bombs, causing enormous damage on civilian facilities, countless civilian casualties, and lasting environmental pollution. So, oof. Again, like I said, this is one of the most devastating critiques of U.S. imperialism I've ever seen written in one place. Now, in the next part, the Chinese foreign ministry discusses economic hegemony and it talks about how after World War II, the U.S. created the international financial system built around the U.S. dollar through the Bretton Woods system, which also established the IMF and the World Bank. And China writes that, quote, by taking advantage of the dollar's status as the major international reserve currency, the United States is basically collecting seniorage. So basically, uh, treating the entire world like it's it's feudal vassals, right? It's serfs, feudal serfs. Like the U.S. is the, the the feudal lord that controls the world. And China says that the by the U.S. the U.S. uses its control over international organizations and thus coerces other countries into serving its political and economic strategy. It points out that it only cost the United States 17 cents to produce a $100 bill but other countries have to pony up $100 worth of actual goods in order to obtain one. This is the exorbitant privilege, the dominance of the US dollar. They refer to this as the United States exorbitant privilege and notes that it, it helps fund the United States deficit. The US, China notes that the US used the worthless paper note to plunder the resources and factories of other nations. So again, this is, this is the economics of imperialism. That's what China is describing here, the economics of imperialism. China says the hegemony of the US dollar is the main source of instability and uncertainty in the world economy. Beijing pointed out that when the US central bank, the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, this hurts other countries, especially in the global south, developing countries face high inflation, currency depreciation and capital outflows. This is referred to as the Triffin paradox or the Triffin dilemma because the US dollar is the global reserve currency. When the US carries out domestic monetary policy, it affects the entire world, especially countries in the global south that need dollars to import fuel and food and technology. And Richard Nixon's Secretary of the Treasury, he said this very clearly that, quote, the dollar is our currency, but it is your problem. So China talks about how the U.S. uses the dollar and its control over international financial organizations like the IMF and the World Bank to impose its imperialist will on the rest of the world. 
China writes, the United States willfully suppresses its opponents with economic coercion. And not only against adversaries like the former Soviet Union, but also against Japan. It points out that the U.S. the Plaza Accord uh, overvalued the Japanese yen, which did a heavy blow to the growth momentum of Japan, leading Japan to three lost decades. China also points out, quote, the U.S. US's economic and financial hegemony has become a geopolitical weapon. And it talks about the use of sanctions. U.S. sanctions against foreign entities increased by 933% from 2000 to 2021. The Trump administration alone imposed more than 3,900 sanctions, which is three sanctions per day. Now, note that they say the Trump, uh, Trump administration alone has imposed. So this makes me think that the Chinese foreign ministry probably wrote this report back when Trump was still president. And then they updated it. Who knows? But they point out that the U.S. has imposed sanctions on nearly 40 countries, including Cuba, China, Russia, the DPRK, Iran, Venezuela, affecting nearly half of the world's populations. China writes, the United States of America has turned itself into the United States of sanctions. So again, very powerful condemnation. Then they talk about U.S. technological hegemony. And they say the United States seeks to deter other countries' scientific, technological, and economic development by wielding monopoly power, suppression measures, and technology restrictions in high-tech fields. The United States monopolizes intellectual property in the name of protection. They know that the U.S. sabotaged Japan's semiconductor industry and waged a tech war on Japan in the 1980s. As a result, Japanese semiconductor companies were almost completely driven out of global competition. Their market share dropped from 50% to 10%, and the U.S. grabbed that market share. So this is again showing how the U.S. waged, under Ronald Reagan in the neoliberal peak, you know, the peak of neoliberalism, waged economic war on its own allies like Japan. China points out, Quote, the United States politicizes, weaponizes technological issues and uses them as ideological tools. And then it talks about the attacks on Huawei. Washington is now going after TikTok and China has been uh, canceling visas for Chinese researchers. So again, uh, this it's just these are facts. These, these are not up for dispute. This is these are objective facts. They talk about the, the U.S. attempt to prevent European countries from using China's 5G technology. And they also point out that the U.S. carries out surveillance and eavesdropping around the world and carries out cyber attacks. And the U.S. Refer, uh, China refers to the U.S. as, quote, an empire of hackers. And Beijing pointed out that any, any country or leader around the world can be targeted by U.S. mass surveillance be they rivals or allies, noting that the U.S. even spied on the personal phone communications of German Chancellor Angela Merkel and, uh, and several French presidents. That was one of the things we learned from the leaks from Edward Snowden. And China also quotes Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, who said, quote, do not expect a global surveillance superpower to act with honor or respect. There is only one rule. There are no rules. And then finally, China talks about U.S. cultural hegemony, which, of course, is also very powerful, especially in movies, TV shows, 
the media, the US government funds cultural institutions. And this is, of course, a, a very important weapon, Hollywood. Beijing points out that US movies make up over 70% of the world's market share. China writes, quote, when Hollywood movies descend on the world, they scream the American values tied to them. And they say, quote, US dominated Western media has a particularly important role in shaping global opinion in favor of US meddling in the internal affairs of other countries. It talks about the US government censors other social media companies. Elon Musk, who's now the head of Twitter, admitted that social media platforms work with the US government to censor. Google makes pages disappear. The State Department manipulates social media. And, and uh, China quotes a report in, in The Intercept, which found that the Pentagon, the US military, was spreading propaganda on social media, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, not only in English, but also in Arabic and other languages. And China says the US practices double standards on freedom of the press. It brutally suppresses and silences media of other countries, especially Russian media. Russia today, that's RT and Sputnik, were banned in the US and Europe. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube restrict Russian accounts. Netflix, Apple, and Google removed Russian channels and applications. They call this unprecedented draconian censorship. So we constantly hear in the Western media about Chinese censorship. Well, this is US censorship, which we don't hear about. And European censorship. Europe also banned Russian media because we're not allowed to hear Russian perspectives. The US and European governments think we're so stupid that we can't even listen or watch Russian media because we're supposedly children and we can't hear alternative perspectives. And uh, China points out that these, this U.S. propaganda and destabilization strategy, it especially targets socialist countries like China, Vietnam, Laos, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Bolivia, and DPRK. And China points out that, that the U.S. sets up news media and cultural outfits targeting socialist countries, and it bombards people with ideological infiltration. It says that U.S. mouthpieces bombard socialist countries in dozens of languages with inflammatory propaganda day and night. China says the United States uses misinformation as a spear to attack other countries and has built an industrial chain around it. So fake news. This is exactly what the U.S. accuses China and Russia of doing, but the U.S. is the master. The CIA created misinformation. Well, it's been around for a long time, but the CIA was, they mastered misinformation and fake news as an art form. And the US uses it to destabilize countries around the world. The US created a fake Twitter in Cuba called Zunzuneo to spread propaganda and fake news to destabilize and try to overthrow the government. So China points out that, quote, the hegemonic domineering and bullying practices of using strength to intimidate the weak taking from others by force and subterfuge and playing zero-sum games are exerting grave harm. The United States has been overriding truth with its power and trampling justice to serve self-interest. These unilateral, egoistic, and regressive hegemonic practices have, been, have drawn growing intense criticism and opposition from the international community. And it concludes calling for more respect 
and multipolarity, true multilateralism. Countries need to respect each other. They need to be equal. China opposes all forms of hegemonism and power politics and rejects interference in other countries' internal affairs. The United States must conduct serious soul-searching. It must critically examine what it has done, let go of its arrogance and prejudice, and quit its hegemonic, domineering, and bullying practices. So, woof, that is a scathing critique of U.S. imperialism published by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the People's Republic of China. It was published on February 20th. It's called U.S. Hegemony and Its Perils. I'll link to it in the description below. I just wanted to go through that report because, again, you're not going to see this mentioned in Western media. And the few outlets that did mention it were completely dismissive and they said it's Chinese propaganda and fake news. But pretty much all of that is objective fact. I mean, it's backed up by mainstream sources, many of them Western sources. Of course, the, the Washington doesn't want other countries to talk about the fact that it committed genocide against indigenous peoples. It was founded on settler colonialism and ethnic cleansing and white supremacy and slavery. The U.S. doesn't want other countries to talk about that the U.S. has 800 foreign military bases. China has one in Djibouti, which is part of an international anti-piracy operation. And the U.S. also has a base in Djibouti and, and other European countries. The U.S. has carried out 400 foreign military interventions. The U.S. has organized constant coups and regime change operations. So it's important to hear those facts, and they're rarely mentioned. And this is an example of how China is being more assertive and responding to the Western propaganda and disinformation and fake news against it. China is responding in the information war. It's no longer just the U.S. constantly attacking China without response. And as the U.S. escalates this new Cold War in China, China will defend itself. Starting in the 1970s with Richard Nixon's famous visit to China in 1972, the U.S. and China did have somewhat close relations and especially in the 1990s, but that those have declined. The U.S. has made it clear that it will not tolerate China as a strong independent power only if China subordinates itself to the United States allows U.S. corporations to control China, to exploit Chinese workers, to control Chinese resources. And the people of China will never tolerate that. So unfortunately, it seems like the U.S. is only going to continue to accelerate its new Cold War. And China has made it clear that it's going to respond.